coming up on Just Elders Podcast. We were going to get something done on this podcast. We were talking about Norfolk Southern and uh, them building on um, the Chattahoochee Brick property. And I, on this podcast, I played the clip of Derek Bozeman when he first started saying that we'll do everything it took to stop it. And um, it got stopped. When you want to see uh, finally the black family back intact, strong black male-female relationships, you want to see our children whole, you want to see uh, us functioning as a proud um, historic people who gave the world civilization and gave the world resources that they have today, uh, that's complete reparations. And don't let anybody sell you short of any of that. And one of the things that we've discovered, brother, and that you all won't hear in the reparations conversation... Before President Obama left office in 2016, Joe Biden, the now sitting president, he pushed through the last reparations bill for the remaining Holocaust survivors that they say were below the poverty level in America. They got reparations. <coughs> Millions of dollars. This <coughs> is 20 when you're talking about there is a international, national, uh, and then a local white ruling class. All of their political and de- economic decisions are based on four variables. Um, will it enhance or ill affect, number one, their power base, number two, their profit base, number three, their policy base, and number four, their privilege base. And I'm going to explain that to you. That ain't going to take a whole lot of time to do that. Uh, Georgia used to have a convict leasing program, not just Georgia, but a lot of the southern states. Absolutely. I uh, had a convict leasing program where you could literally go to jail and say, I need 50 niggas to work. And you bring them back when you finish the job banks but you don't have the banking institution unless you got free labor free black labor you don't have the insurance industry shipbuilding any of these industries all of them and i can i can show you conclusively and name books where i don't even have to pull out and, and show you where the documentation come from from black as well as white scholars and show you the industrial revolution rest off the blacks of, of free black labor you work with people for 300 years with no pay Brother, we'll we'll get that, and it's not it's not. You saw the move two trillion dollars in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Somebody would say, "You niggas out of y'all mind." That ain't nothing but a conspiracy theory. <laughs> you go to Shorter Alabama, Shorter University, a whole city. But though that cracker was a slave owner and made his wealth, so they named the whole city after him, brother. Drop, drop the logo at the bottom. <laughs> let, me drop, drop the, let me explain myself how this works. Now, nah, go ahead, go. If my students uh, pull out all of their money out of B of A Bank, and it, we, we start doing this all over the country, they're gonna come to the table because you ill affecting the, the, the profit base now. Mm. You let you let black people and brown people say, you know what? Okay, hell, if black people don't get reparations, here's what we're gonna do then. Minister say y'all the best that we've ever produced because we ain't got these old scared to death ass Negroes uh, ginger flecking and bow downing and boot licking uh, to a former slave master's grandchildren now but don't buy, put all your money in Bitcoin so when the cracker shut the system down and then at the end of the day you can't even they say well now it lost its value over so right now, as I call these names, please follow with Ashe as we affirm the sacrifice that they gave to us. Ready? Born ready. It's Tuesday. Your favorite podcaster's podcast. Let's get it. 
hell you talking about? 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 Vibe with me. We dedicate this episode to all of our fallen ancestors. You know who you are, Trayvon, Tamir, Mike. We say your name. Say their name so they're never forgotten. We say their name so their legacy lives on. We're gonna get it started just like that. What's up, family? It's your boy Elders. You are tuning to the greatest podcast to ever hit the airways. That is the Just Elders podcast. I am super excited. We're about to record the greatest episode we have ever recorded. I say that every time, and I mean it every single time. <laughs> What's up, family? Uh, first of all, I just want to thank each and every last person for tuning in to last week's episode. You that ungrateful? Dang, dang, dang. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> we good now. We good. <laughs> Everything good. No trouble in paradise. How about y'all, gentlemen? Y'all good? Yeah, yeah, we good. We good. Yeah, Love you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I watch what I say. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, we good. We gearing up. More, more to come later. Nah. Uh, before we dive into this episode, man, I just want to really uh, thank y'all, brothers, for the commitment, dedication y'all have been giving to this work. We have been grinding man so I'm, I'm excited about everything that people are about to prepare to see as we roll out into this second quarter i do want to say something i told y'all something i told y'all uh we were gonna get something done on this podcast we we're talking about Norfolk southern and uh them building on on the chattahoochee brick property and I, on this podcast i played the clip of Derek Bozeman when he first started saying that we'll do everything it took to stop it. And um it got stopped. It got stopped. So to that conversation, we're gonna dive into it a little bit, but that conversation actually sparked another conversation that we need to always talk about. And it needs to be on the forefront of our movement talk. But before I dive into that, let me just bring my guests on. This is your second time hearing this brother on the podcast. The first time you heard him can't remember the episode number, but the name was Give Me Reparations or Go to Hell. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for the brother, the teacher, the scholar, the warrior, Brother Reginald Muhammad. Thank you, brother. Thank you, sir. How you doing, brother? Good, brother. Good to be here with you and uh, your technical people and the audience. Uh, it's just a blessing, and we're appreciative and grateful to be here, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Um, you were at the rally. We had a rally um, not too long ago for the North Fort Southern. Um, when you was out there on the property, what did you feel? Well, you realize that um, that's a part of our history. There's a spiritual piece out there because all of the bodies – uh, the oppression, the murder that happened out there, there's a spiritual piece out there. And when you go out there and stand for a while, for some hours, you, you get to 
pull it in. You you see the energy. You get mixed feelings about it. Right. And then too, when you know the history of it, you even you understand better. Okay, why it's isolated out there? Why nothing has grown on it over there? Mm. And then too, why we must uh, make sure that as DB has, has uh, suggested that we build a memorial. Uh, for our people for that our we people. will remember because um, when we look at that history uh, English was able to parlay that into, into banks and other corporations and railroad systems from black bodies right there and that's that's the basis of his wealth so for those that don't know and if you didn't listen to the episode go back to the JEP crates and check out the episode where we were talking about um Norfolk Southern. We're talking about um, for those that don't know, Atlanta's former mayor James English was a he was a mayor. He was the chief of the police, and he owned Chattahoochee Brick Company. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Georgia used to have a convict leasing program. Not just Georgia, but a lot of the southern states. Absolutely. Uh, had a convict leasing program where you could literally go to jail, say I need fifty niggas to work, and you bring them back when you finish the job. James English, one of the most notorious and uh, egregious properties to do the convent leasing was Chattahoochee Brick, Brick Company. Absolutely. And he would bring people there and it would be known that once they leave, they're not coming back. Yep. They were literally working people to death on this property. Damn. They were working uh, dehydration, horrible sleeping conditions, barely eating. Modern day slavery you know what i'm saying modern day slavery and what was happening the brothers would die and then they would literally dig a hole throw them in there no proper burial and that's it fast forward to 2021 um company named lincoln terminal bought the property it's about 75 acres here in georgia um they said they wanted to build on the property uh to their credit city council uh did uh block it with special use permits. So then Lincoln Terminal then lease gives the property to um Norfolk Southern. Yeah. Norfolk Southern because they are a railroad company. They have special privileges other companies don't have. And because the property is right off the railroad, they are able to build. So Lincoln Terminal said, we're going to lease the property to you. Y'all build it for us. And then once you build it, you give it right back to us. So that's how they was going to do it. Um, Community was trying to fight it. It's been a fight for a couple of years. Uh, Derek Bozeman, um, Reverend Tim McDonald, John Beasley, other members of the community uh, got involved, and they were able to stop it. Uh, again, to her point, I, I, I am a critic of the mayor, but I also give credit when credit is due. Uh, the mayor filed a junction that uh, stopped them from uh, being able to build on the land. It was a tip. Yeah, round of applause. It was a temporary stop, but here's the thing: they could have went to court for it, and they could have got it turned around, but they didn't. Norfolk Southern decided that they were not going to build anymore. So that's why we had a rally. We had a rally that one celebrate the partial win, because the complete win is to get the city to give the land back. Yeah, absolutely. And we build a memorial and ensure no one ever builds on this property again. That's the full goal of this. But I told y'all we were going to stop it by Black History Month. The end of Black History Month, it was definitely stopped. Um, I was excited about that. So we were talking about 
just to give people a little credit, man, James English was the Jeff Bezos of that time. Um, richest, one of the richest men in the world. Uh, James English actually gave the seed money to companies like Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the convict leasing using Chattahoochee Brick Company. Uh, companies like, uh, First Atlanta, which, uh, went to, uh, Wachovia and then went to First Union, then went back to Wachovia, which is now Wells Fargo. Absolutely. Wouldn't be here without that. Um, we can name about five or six household name businesses that were literally seeded and started because of this blood money. Um, and now it, it goes to the conversation of you got to pay. Oh, absolutely. You got to pay for what you did wrong. In other words, that term could be called what? Reparations, brother. <laughs> With that being said, we can't talk about reparation without bringing our in-house reparation specialist, Brother Reginald Muhammad. Last time you were on, you were talking about the declaration. Yes, sir. We were talking about it getting done. This was back when, Keith. Like, that was summertime. I, I know it felt good outside. Yeah, that was <laughs> at least say, seven, eight months ago, brother, or more. Oh, that was this past? That was 2020? Yeah. Nah, that was, was 2019 we did that, wasn't it? It was 2020. It was 2020. It was 2020. Yeah. It was 2020. Yeah. 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 It was 2020. Well, it's been at least six or seven months. You know, I know it's 2020 because you wanted to use your phone. Uh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> hi. 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 You had a nice phone back in 19. So, but no, yeah, yeah. So, that, that was a great, that was, that was, that was a great conversation. It's, uh, oh, I'm telling y'all, if you didn't listen to that episode, go back. You're going to really be informed. But I'm excited about this one because it's here. Yes, sir. And people talk about doing stuff all the time. But this is here. And for those that don't know, uh, this is the National Reparation Declaration where any brother from the ghetto streets to the executive suites Good point. can pick this up and understand what reparations is. For those that don't know, please give us the definition of reparations, sir. Yeah, well, reparations is uh, it's a, it's comes from the word repair. And it's when uh, people have been injured or wrong, um, damages are owed to them in the form of goods and services. And so reparations again is about repairing the damage and making sure those who have been injured, they have been compensated for that damage. And with, with the black people in America, the only people anywhere down in the annals of history were robbed of their names, their language, their culture, their God and their land. And then you work with people for 300 years with no pay. If I worked all of you all in here for for three months with no pay, just investing in property in Atlanta, I could become wealthy because I know the formula. I need the bodies though. Wow. So I don't know if you, I don't, I don't know if you put it in this, Yes, sir. but um, the concept of reparation is not foreign. Mer- yes, America has paid it. You talked about oh, it on absolutely. last part. Oh, absolutely. Can you give us some people that have got it? And I don't know if you know off the top of your head, the numbers they got anything like that. Well, Historically, America has always paid reparations, but we got Negroes and liberal whites saying that America don't pay reparations. Well, they don't know the history of America. The native people that have been wrong, they're still being paid reparations. Um, The Japanese people who during World War II, their land was taken from them on the West Coast, especially. Uh, They were rounded up and put in concentration camps. Their land, goods and everything was taken from them for a number of years. They were given reparations as late as the 80s. Late 80s. And then, too. Uh, bring, bring, bring closer to you. Yeah. 
And then two, before President Obama left office in 2016, Joe Biden, the now sitting president, he pushed through the last reparations bill for the remaining Holocaust survivors that they say were below the poverty level in America. They got reparations. <laughs> Millions of dollars. This is <laughs> 2016. Now, this is the same Biden that's... Um very, very unexcited about reparations, reparations for black people. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, he's even said it. Um, I mean, he went out and said it. He was like, I never yeah. promised yeah. reparations. Oh, absolutely. And he's never been a fan of it. So yeah. you're saying he pushed it through. He made sure. He was the proponent of making sure the last bill of reparations that America paid in 2016 that President Obama signed off on, and they got the majority of the House and the Senate to sign off on, uh, reparations bill for the remaining Jewish Holocaust survivors. It was paid in 2016. That's a fact. And, and side question: Why, why, why does America have to pay the Holocaust survivors? Did is there is they, yeah, they, what we do? Well, at the end of the day, it's um, they look at it strategically. Mm-hmm. And remember, now one of the things that I want your audience to get uh, this: when you're talking about there is a international national. Uh, and then a local white ruling class. All of their political and economic decisions are based on four variables. Um, Will it enhance or ill affect, number one, their power base, number two, their profit base, number three, their policy base, and number four, their privilege base. And I'm going to explain that to you. That ain't going to take a whole lot of time to do that. But they make all of their decisions. Will it enhance or ill affect their power base, their profit base, their policy base, and their privilege base? Now, the Jews here in America, in order to solidify their power base and their profit base, this is how they responded to the Jews. Uh, the, the Jews are very powerful here in America, brother. Mm-hmm. If you look at entertainment and in they sports, know. Uh, yeah, entertainment and sports and all of that, um, at the end of the day, they own a lot of institutions, they own a lot of real estate, and they control a lot of the, a disproportionate amount of the wealth. Uh, give an example, half of the NFL owners are Jewish people, mm-hmm. including Arthur Blank right here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So that's not to disparage Jews or anything like that, but to sh- show you they're, they're, they're a very powerful entity and body of people right here in America and around the world. And so at the end of the day, they made sure that their brethren and sisters who, who America has said are uh, below the poverty level. And you know Pookie and Ray Ray and Sinead and him, all of them, uh, we've always remained below the poverty level. But so what they did for those particular Jews, they made sure that they passed the bill and gave them millions of dollars for those remaining Holocaust survivors right here in America in 2016. What do you say to, there are young people who are, they feel like they're not even old reparation. They feel like they ain't got really nothing to do with me or I might not be as knowledgeable. What do you say to those young people who are not connected to the history of what reparations is, but not connected to um uh, the emotion? Yeah. That you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like the, yeah. I think I think I think reparation also an emotional thing. To repair yeah. something that hurt. Yeah. It's like, well you, Well there there's a there's a good question because I get this from my students all the time. Uh at the end of the day they say, well uh, that didn't have nothing to do with me. Can we just move past that? But there's some internal and external damage that was done like no other people. And, and I, I tell my students, uh, well, how are you, how are you going to talk about reparations and, and, uh, and repair? I don't need to repair. I just, I just need to get paid right now. At the end of the day, how is it that, uh, I can walk across the campus or rock walk in the hood where here we are, the disrespect, 
the murder of each other. That's how I know that there's some psychological damage that needs reparations, complete reparations. Now that's about repairing the psychological, the physical, the financial damage that happened to us as a people. And we need that brother, because at the, at the rate that we're killing each other, the level of outright disrespect of each other, what self-respecting people still calling their women, bitches and hoes every day in and out. What self-respecting people are doing that? Nigga, I kill you. This nigga, this or that. And we're buying guns and weapons, but not for the skinheads who, who, who are preparing for war on us, but we're buying that for one another. See, that's how we know there's some psychological damage that has been done. Here's the people that will celebrate their, celebrate their own fall. We hear it in, and we see it in our music. We hear it, see it in our, um, our music, uh, movies and all of that. So we know that the, the, the damage has to be, uh, be repaired, brother. And at the end of the day, when the damage is repaired, brother, Eldred, uh, and, and to the rest of your audience, if we say, well, okay, education is, is the problem of the black community. I said, no, it's not lack of education. No, it's not drunkenness and alcohol and, and, and the, the drugs, drug abuse, the black family destroyed, um, bad male female relationships we say oh that's that's the problem of the black community no sir absolutely not it's the results of our problem when you got a people that's been that so severely damaged you'll get that in any race of people if they have been that damaged so there are people that say because of that yes they don't deserve it because they're killing themselves because they had a problem they're saying they don't deserve i mean so there was recently a um congress uh, testimony from your boy. I'm going to play that. I'm going to play uh, what yes, Herschel Walker thoughts are. Yes, sir. Chairman and ranking members, I, I thank you for this opportunity to speak on reparation, which has been spoken about many times over my lifetime. But over the past year, has become a hot topic. I asked the question why. There's been many surveys show that a large percentage of black and white teens would say racism is better today than yesterday. We, as, we use black power to create white guilt. My approach is biblical. How can I ask my heavenly father to forgive me if I can't forgive my brother? I never want to put anyone's re- religion down, but my religion teach togetherness. Reparation teach separation. Slavery ended over 130 years ago. How can a father be asked his son to spend prison time for a crime he committed? In the case we speak of, research... We're researching farther back in history, a history many are not taught or spoken about in school. America is the greatest country in the world to me. A melting pot of a lot of great races, a lot of great minds that have come together with different ideas and make America the great. For those that don't know, this is Herschel Walker speaking. That boy done took some hits in the head, but yeah. <laughs> I ain't even, me personally, uh, y'all can go Google it. Y'all can hear everything he said. I personally, I'm not going to give platforms to all of that on the podcast but you hear what he's saying oh yeah yeah he yeah. does represent a population of people oh, absolutely. if we're being real it's, oh absolutely it's people that agree with him that racism is over you yeah know what I mean? like, exactly that's that's what they try to say when you you have become isolated and part of the petty bourgeois sector of the black community yeah you think like that but when you when i can show you conclusively an increase in prison population over the last 50 60 years when I can show you the decimation of the black family, when I can show you the, the level of illiteracy, I can show you the suicide rate among black people. Damage has been done. And it just, you say, okay, well, individually, but collectively, how did that happen to a whole people? 
Again, you rob a people of their names, their language, their culture, their God, and their land. And then in 1863, at the Emancipation Proclamation, say, you're free. Free to do what? You can't even read or write. Guess the law for you to marry or have a family. So you want to think why systematically, uh, centuries later, you're still in that position? See, and see, it's like blaming the victim for the crime. A woman who's been beat up two or three times, and then you ask her to get into the third relationship and say, have a good, nice, relation, wholesome relationship. But hell, she's been a be- beaten and abused and torn and stripped of everything, her humanity and everything. And then you ask her to get into that next relationship and be functional and it be a whole relationship. Come on, where, where, is it, where does that happen with any other people? See, and that's black people. In this entirety, though, brother, that's that's why reparations is, is key and critical. And why is it that others who have gotten reparations and it's around the world who are talking and getting and secure reparations? But what about the black man and woman in America? We built America, worked our people for free. And just like you said, you, you pointed out the banks, but you don't have the banking institution unless you got free labor, free black labor. You don't have the insurance industry, shipbuilding, any of these industries, all of them. And I can, I can show you conclusively and name books. Well, I don't even have to pull out and, and show you where the documentation come from, from black as well as white scholars and show you the industrial revolution rest off the blacks of, of free black labor. You work with people for 300 years with no pay. So um, I'm going through this book. I'm just flipping through it. Can you read some of these numbers, break down what this, some of this stuff is for me? Like, cause I want yes, people, I yes, didn't want sir. people to just, see what was taken from us all right on the land question so land is a part of reparations that's a key part of reparations in fact what you hear in dialogue around the country you have people talking they're they're celebrities who are jumped out here now brother what's applicable about this uh, in your generation they're celebrities who have jumped out here and said uh you know this is about closing the wealth gap they've offered plans they they're, they're scheduling to go see joe biden and kamala harris on on reparations and they've, they've jumped out there with a little plan but again i suggest to you it can show conclusively it's all that's a lot of that is economic and political patchwork. It ain't reparations. And if we go with that 25 years from now, 20, 20 years from now, we be back in the same damn position that we were talking. Well, they owe us. We talk about marching, what we going to do, but complete reparations will over overturn and eradicate much of that. But the land question right now, black people in America operate on less than 2 million acres of land throughout the United States and coming out, out, out of the, all black people. Majority of black people operate on under and under less than two two uh, million acres of land. And again, the records show that at one point, uh, from uh, from after the Reconstruction up until the uh, 1960s, brother, we we had operated over 14 million acres of land. Now we're down to less than two million acres of land. And all all freedom, and equality, and justice, and liberation is about land. People want land because remember I told you about the power base, the profit base, the policy base and privilege base, how you, that white ruling class, uh, if you can't control the, the wealth, the resources and populations, you're not the superpower anymore. America can't be the superpower unless you can control the wealth, the land and resources locally, nationally and internationally. And so land is is a key question. How is it that we're going to say that we free and black people have made progress and you operating, you got 45 to 50 million black people in America and you operating on less than 2 million acres of land. So if Bill Gates, who's buying up the land now and others are buying up the land now, who's going to be feeding us and look at what they're feeding us. 
that matters because black people are dying from hypertension. The COVID situation right now, a lot of that has to do with our health right. as, as a people. Right. So how are you going to say you free and you don't, you don't, you become educated and now it's, it's not about race anymore and hell you waiting for the white man to feed you today. Let me ask a question. Yes, sir. So, so with that, because I did read that report. Yes, sir. That, uh, Bill Gates owns, I think, like up to fifty-six. He's the majority owner of land, the earth, farm, farmland, absolutely. in America. So how how does privatization interrupt reparations? Because I understand when the government controls stuff, yeah. they can kind of you know parse that out. It's gonna be like South Africa and take that shit back. I, I well, mean, is it the because you know there's there's levels of it, right? Okay, yes, well, sir. We, they will agree with reparations, but they won't. Do the South African move. They'll just be like, well, that's what the government can give. But as you can see, private entities, private yeah. companies are becoming majority players over governments. Okay. So how does that impede on reparations? Well, if it does. In a capitalist society, individualism is the order of the day. Uh, order of the day. But this is why you got an unequal distribution of the wealth. You talking about the one percenters who control sometimes 80% of all the wealth in the United States and capitalism. You got a, 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 an elite, which I call the ruling class. You got a middle class, and then you got the working class, or they, what they call the proletariat. And so at the end of the day, that's most of us are the proletariat. They, we got to get up and go get it every day to make this thing happen. Otherwise, but you got a person like Bill Gates. You got uh, um, uh, Elon Musk and, and the Walton family who owns Walmart and other um, multinational corporations. But at the end of the day, they're buying up the land as individuals and as families. And that's one of the things that's why if you talk in reparations, you got people out here talking reparations now, but they leaving the land question out because how you going to be, you going to talk about black people were free because you got a job. Are we ever going to get it? Yes, sir. We are in your prediction. When within the next 10 years, brother. And let me, let me tell you how that that's not hyperbole. That's not just talking brother. 2030. Here's, here's what I'm saying, brother. If black people are organized, forget the theology, forget the philosophy, forget the ideology. If black people come together on the question of reparation, they'll give us reparation. Prove that, uh, Muhammad. At the end of the day, I told you about the uh, the uh, the power base, the profit base, the policy base, and privilege base. You let America start to be ill-affected uh, by black people in, in America, and their power base and their profit base start to be ill-affected, they're going to come to the table. Why Kobe, your bank is going to come to the table. I mean, uh, Wells Fargo, if, if black people start pulling out with the, the, the social media and your generation, brother, what y'all are able to do, what's good about you all's generation, brother, is the minister say y'all the best we've ever produced. Cause they, we ain't got these old scared to death ass Negroes, uh, ginger flecking and bow downing and boot licking, uh, to a former slave master's grandchildren now. And give an example. If my students, uh, pull out all of their money out of B of A bank, and it, did we start doing this all over the country? They're going to come to the table because you're ill-affecting the, the, the profit base now. Mm. You let you let black people and brown people say, you know what, okay. Hell, if black people don't get reparations, here's what we're going to do then. If you, they start to see their numbers decline every year with, uh, with um, military, um, joining the military, you can't be the superpower if you don't have, you don't have a super military, bro. Right. But disproportionately, who make up the military, though, brother? See, again, that power base, when I say power base, you can't be a power base unless you have that kind of a military structure to be a power base, brother. And so at the end of the day, they will come to the table. It's just like, what's what's the privilege base, uh, Muhammad? Well, NBA, NFL, 
Those are privileges. You saw when, when they decided during Black Lives Matter during the summer that uh, two two games that LeBron and them say, we're not playing. Oh, okay. Then they want to talk. See, when Kaepernick sat down years ago, uh, Jerry Jones said, uh, uh, the hell, black his players better play it played or otherwise they won't be around. Oh, yeah, in Dallas. Yeah, in yeah, Dallas. I remember that. Well, but but then let's go back to this, Eldridge. That when the black players realized, wait a minute, wait a minute, we didn't want filling up the damn stadium. The hell with what he say. Uh the the, the quarterback, uh the running back, and the marquee names, we filling up the stadium. And so when they realized, man, wait a minute, we got a little bit more power. And if you ain't afraid, Look, when, when Jerry Jones, when, when, the, when the players and the NFL, Jerry Jones, Trump and all of them back down, when the players realize, you know what, hell, I tell you what, we're not, we're not showing up for this game here. Um, bringing that down to even okay. A, okay. A, a more tangible level. Okay. Um, teachers. Yeah. We're in COVID-19. It is known teachers are dying. Yep. Um, and we got teachers going back to the classroom now being forced back in the classroom they're not getting more money yeah they're being put in more danger yeah they technically got more stress because last year was a complete educational flop yep if you talk to most teachers so like i even when i see these teachers going back in i'm like man like i would love to organize and help them but it's just like one of the things they just they just for like, but they control like teachers. I think I think people seen the power of teachers more than they have ever seen it in twenty twenty. Oh, absolutely. When parents seen their kids at home all goddamn day, <laughs> Dang, yeah, yeah. parents yeah. having to do their yeah. goddamn work that the kids can't do. Yeah, like teachers became very valuable in twenty twenty. Oh, uh, absolutely. Like yeah. folk, folk, folk yeah. were like, "Oh shit, I got to put up with this." Yeah. I got like, but people seen that. Yeah. And now it's like that still is disregarded. Take your ass back to the classroom. Yeah, yeah. And I understand it, it, we stuck because people have to, people have to survive. You know what I'm saying? Nobody yeah. want to lose. Nobody wants to be the Colin Kaepernick, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's going to lose your job and, yeah. and folks still playing football yeah. or folks still oh, teaching. Nobody wants to be that. But I also think that's what messes us up with reparation too. I think, there are people that are scared of the uh, backlash. Oh, absolutely. And and that's why it, it will hold us back from getting it. You, you're absolutely right. I, I, I concur with you because when you find black people that don't support reparations, usually because they're ignorant about it or worried about what the white backlash is. Because I'm going to give an example. There are black congressional people who didn't initially sign on to H.R. 40 to build the reparations bill in the House of Representatives, uh, reintroduced by Sheila Jackson Lee, first in, introduced by um, uh, John Conyers 30 years ago. Were there blacks at the end of the day who didn't support, who still don't support the reparations bill, but damn near every one of them signed off on that last reparations bill for, for, for the Jews in America. And again, think about it. Like this is how you know that the damage is still being done. Our people have a fear, bro. But, but they'll just, you well read young brother. You know, one of the books that we always pull out is ISIS papers, uh, Francis Cress Wilson. Mm-hmm. She talks about, she talks about the, the level of fear and anxiety black people suffer from. When you got a people, brother, who, who have been beat down so bad, they, there's a level of fear. You you say, what what do I fear about? What One of my students at, at the AU Center said, well, Professor Muhammad, I don't think we, 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 we're not afraid like that. I say, you when people think that you can cut off 
uh, their livelihood, you lose a job, uh, you don't get a promotion, or you don't get access to capital. Oh yeah, you you start to think about doing things differently. And then too, also going back, why slavery is important, brother. When the people have been traumatized, terrorized, tortured, and tormented for centuries, it plays out in other ways psychologically. There's a fear, brother. Why why are young brothers constantly running from the police? And you unarmed, you know you haven't done anything. Right. See, I lived in South Central LA. I would see sometimes uh, three, uh, one cop uh, jump out of the car, gun drawn, and seven of them, uh, brothers strapped, crips, and they lay down automatically. See, but but if you and I roll up in there and we ain't right color, you ain't from the right set. Well, you might get drawn down on. <laughs> right. And at the end of the day, see, our people suffer from caucophobia. Talked about it last time. Caucophobia. No, this is real, brother. The collective Put that on the screen, please. Can you spell that? Yes. The collective fear or intimidation of European people or those who classify themselves as Caucasian, white, Aryan, or Jewish. The collective fear or intimidation of European people or those who classify themselves as Caucasian, white, Aryan, or Jewish. Caucophobia. And that's the spell phobia. Caucophobia. Yeah. C-A-U-C-A-P-H-O-B-I-A. Caucophobia. Caucophobia. And Brother, we, we suffer from that because I'm going to give you an example. How we treat each other, brother, like right in, and you see these areas around here being regentrified. And somebody asked me the other day, uh, one of my people called me from Florida and said, man, with the gentrification going on in Atlanta, because you and I are right here in Atlanta, we ain't out in the outskirts. They said, well, what about the white people and as bad as the hood is? I said, hell, some of them more safer than I am in the hood. Way more safe. Exactly. I what? mean, if you get up, Around the AU Center, you see white women jogging, pushing their baby carriage and everything else. And I'm going to be honest, when I walk out the door at the think tank sometime, uh, Brother Eldridge, I'm, I'm like, okay, I know what's around me. <laughs> I'm hearing gunshots all the time. But you ain't. Yeah, they yeah. play for keeps over there. You know, it's a different animal. And, and, yeah, so. And they, and they, been over there. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you definitely in the trap. Yeah, by, exactly. By 9.30, 10, it turned into a living the, world. Uh, and, they, outside. Yeah, yeah. and they play for keeps over there, brother. And, and, but, but, but here, look at it like this, though. That's about immediate gratific- gratification. You got people in survival mode, brother. Right. That's how you know, man, they, how I'm going to get paid, how I'm going to survive. That's all they're thinking about. So, uh, I, brother, I've been over there. I've been over there 15 years now and been carjacked at gunpoint over there. And uh, so at the end of the day, so I know what it's like over there. So, you know, you got, it's a different animal. Mm-hmm. The police handle you differently over there, uh, brother. I don't know how many confrontations I've had with the police. Sometimes I had more confrontation with the damn police over there than some of our people because the people know I'm, I'm there and don't bring me to BS, you know, and we won't have no problem. Right. But we've had confrontations with the police over there um, just because their disrespect of black people. And and they try and treat everybody the same way. And I had to tell them, you better look at who's who's who owns this property over here. No, we're not renting over here. This is our property here. Right. And so no, you're not just gonna run up in here like you wanna and, and do what you wanna. So again, that reparations piece. Uh brother, you, you said some things earlier. The other thing that land questions is key in reparations. The other thing that's key is that the unpaid wages in in America. You work a people for three hundred years, you can become wealthy. And remember our people people produce 61% of all the cotton that was used around the world. The clothes that you all are wearing, black people put, pick cotton for 300 years with no pay. And that cotton was shipped all over the world to manufacture uh, uh, clothing for, for countries all over the world. 
In fact, when when they when they let black people out of slavery, brother, uh, they said y'all gonna have to come up with something because the cotton wasn't being produced now. So then you come back with Jim Crow convict leasing and all of that. Right. That they and helped. I'm glad I'm yeah. glad you took it there because yeah. that's what slavery once you were released out of slavery, they had to figure out a way yeah. how to get people back in. Yeah. Um if you look at the uh amendment, I th- I believe it's a uh thirteen. 13th Amendment. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. And it says, you know, you free unless you do a crime. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And a crime could be anything. Yeah. A crime is running a stop sign. Yeah. A crime is running a uh uh turning without a blinker. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They're they're uh um the uh Malcolm X grassroots movement, they did a uh study. Yeah. National research, yeah. Yeah, they did a study called you know, like windshield policing. Yes, sir. Where police just pull you over for dumb stuff like your crap windshield. Yeah. And it was just talking about how police brutality is caused and how they begin to pro. Yeah, Keith was on the phone. I got profile. Like, bro, I tell you, I got pulled over for, for a crap windshield. Remember my kid had that crap windshield? I was yeah. driving yeah. from New York back down to Atlanta. Yeah. They stopped me in Pennsylvania for it. Like, you know, and, and then they're asking me about. No other drugs, but specifically meth, because you know yeah. the area that they're in. Yeah, exactly. And they're absolutely. asking about the meth, mm-hmm. so I'm like, nah, I, I just got medication. Yeah, no absolutely. Meth. Yeah, you know, right. but crack windshield was the reason. Though. Yes. No, no, nothing else. Saying that to say, why going back to backtracking to Norfolk Southern? Doug Blockman has a book called uh, "Slavery by Another Name," where he chronologically lays out what this convict leasing looked like yeah, in the South. Yeah. Beautiful work of art. If you haven't read the book, I suggest you read it. Yeah. Um, but in the book, he talks about 14 year olds, yep. 12 year olds yep. on the corner. Your son, you sent to the store on the corner, police officer pulls up on him, arrest him simply because they're trying to supply the demand of convicts in this convict leasing yeah, program. Exactly. And they they would pick up young black men. They still do it today. They profile today uh unlawful assembly, public assembly. They do that. And uh and young brothers who didn't have jobs in, they ended up at the Chattahoochee uh brick company. Yeah. 14 and 15 year old. He's he, that's well documented. But that happened throughout the South. It wasn't and there are other brick companies, but this happened to be one of the largest. He ones. was the largest and made the most money. Yeah. But I even yeah. So there was a uh, a rally, and I read some of it. Now I'm gonna play this. It's, it's the reason why I came into the song I came into because we had to take a moment and say their names. Over. So right now, as I call these names, please follow with Ashe as we affirm the sacrifice that they gave to us. Clarence Shelton, 15 years old. Ashe. Will Brown, 16 years old. Ashe. Charles Jones, 16 years old. I say. Wesley Pierce, 16 years old. I say. Gilford George, 17 years old. I say. Sam Brooks, 17 years old. I say. Kermit McCord Elroy, 17 years old. I say. John Freeman, 18 years old. I say. Isaac Drake. 19 years old. I say. Henry Holland, 19 years old. I say. Henry Sanders, 19 years old. I say. Tom Pruitt, 
19 years old. Ashay. Henry Brown, 20 years old. Ashay. JB Brown, 20 years old. Ashay. Josh Hall, 20 years old. Ashay. Porter Jackson, 20 years old. Ashay. Frank Kimball, 20 years old. Ashay. Luther Shields, 20 years old. Ashay. Prince Murray, 20 years old. Ashay. Simon Ray, 20 years old. Ashay. Wash Pryor, 20 years old. Ashay. Hudson Glover, 20 years old. Ashay. Grant Carson, 20 years old. Ashay. Frank Waite, 20 years old. Ashay. This is just a few. And as Mr. Blockman said, this was one month on this property. We will return until we lift up every name that is on this list and every name that we find and until those names are permanently listed on this property. That was a list of about a hundred names we had out yes, there sir. today. Yes, sir. That was that was one month of workers. That was just the workers they had for that month that was in their property. People on that list probably died. Could a list started as young as 15 years old, yeah. went up to like 70, 70 years. And then they, some people, they would purposely arrest just because of their skill set. Yep. Like if they, <laughs> if they needed. So if they heard you was the baddest Berkeley in town. They carpenter, come, plumber. They'll come get you. Oh, carpenter, plumber, painter, yeah. yep. locksmith. If you had a skill set that they needed, oh, they would have had a couple. You watching this yeah. over there because y'all good at what y'all do, <laughs> Bruh, It's real. So let's take this situation. All right, well documented. History is on your side. Yes, sir. In this case, the city is on your side. Yeah. We have Norfolk Southern that's worth around about twelve billion dollars. Okay. Uh, I think the CEO. Uh, Squire makes about 120 million a year. Okay. That's a big ass salary, first of all. Yeah. Um, um what does reparation if if we said, you know what, Norfolk Southern should pay reparations in this case. Yes, sir. Well, for this. What does that look like? Well, what we gotta do is look at the numbers. One of the things, if you go back and, and pull up, uh, not out of the book, um, um, Slavery by Another Name by Douglas Blackman. If you go back and, and go on the Internet right now and pull up James um, English and what you will see, brother, they have sanitized. They talk about 3000 employees that he had and how much he was able to parlay. And they talk about him as if he's a statesman. As he's self-made. Yeah, self-made yeah. and as a statesman. They totally sanitize the fact that that he, the modern slavery, uh, um, convict leasing, they don't even mention that. And again, they give him credit for having 3,000 employees. Much of those employees that he had, brother, those thousands of employees, these were black men and women who he, he worked with no pay and worked, they worked, worked them to damn death. And so, so the reparations would come from the English estate. Oh, absolutely. And one of the things that we discovered, brother, and that you all won't hear in the reparations conversation. Look at these reparations conversations going on all over the country. Bob Johnson jumped out there and said that we needed 14 point, uh, uh, 
one trillion dollars. Brother Ice Cube has done a report. He's we got a lot of people jumping out there, but what they're leaving out of the conversation, it ain't just the government that owe us. They're select multinational corporations owe us. They're um, nonprofits that owe us. And then too, there are at least 40,000 uh, former plantation families that are still in existing and up and running today. And they made their wealth off of black people. You go to shorter Alabama, shorter university, a whole city, but though that cracker was a slave owner and made his wealth. So they named the whole city after him, brother. And you can go to short Alabama. They got institutions, nonprofit institutions. So those are four entities. Don't just say that the federal government owes us, brother. Select multinational corporations, nonprofits. They all owe us, brother. Good. James Squire, uh, not Squire, not the CEO, but uh, James English. Yeah. He had $130 million in the 1800s. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Damn. 130 Damn million, 130 million now make you the man. Yes. He had 130 million in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. The family's still alive. Yeah. Still operating. Yeah. So, so, so that's. And got foundations, brother, that they made that money off of us. So again, Herschel Walker talking about the equality of black people, but brother, football player. When, when, see, when, when self-respecting people start letting entertainers and ball players speak on very serious subject matter who have done the research. And Herschel Walker, like so many of the, of, of the blacks, even those, some of them that, that I'm critical of in the ADOS movement. Well, their problem is, is that they keep talking about closing the wealth gap. Okay, if, if we give you trillions of dollars to close the wealth gap, if you ain't repaired the damage 25 years it's from now, be you'll be back in the same damn position and talking about, well, we need reparations. We're talking complete reparations in the declaration here. And that there's a model in, in that that looks like it, it ain't just uh saying you gonna give black people a check and then and then twenty-five years from now the masses of our people still be in the same condition and, and Pookie and Ray Ray and them still have been locked out, locked under and locked in systematically for for generations. I feel you on that. What's the number though for us though? Like I know it's more than money, but what's that number you think? The number, brother, and not only is 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 uh is it about the money it's about the land question too. And, it, and it, when you, you um, quantify all of that, it, it's, it's about $83 trillion minimum. $83 trillion, I said. And that's not, you know, that sounds like a, somebody said, white people ain't going to give y'all no $83 trillion. Yeah, yeah well, I, I know that they, they don't think that they are, but you let the power base start to be ill-affected. They'll come to the table. See, you saw the move $2 trillion of, uh, for the first COVID relief package because it was ill affecting the power base now and the profit base. So we got to put money in the economy. So anybody trying to argue the Muhammad quadruple uh, base paradigm, you set them down, brother, because I'm telling you how to rule the class. They don't make their decision based on what's moral, what's correct, what's civil, what's human. Will it ill affect their power base, their profit base, policy base, and privilege base? So, so yes. I have a question, brother, because like that sounds good on the grand okay. scheme right okay. but back to like what brother Ezra was talking about yeah like, okay <clears throat> how can we or what do we need to do on our side because it sounds like okay you know there are good some, question there are some places and instances yeah. where like there's a direct correlation yes sir hey my great granddaddy was the yeah. one that died yeah at that brick place absolutely still has exactly money. exactly is, is there an avenue to to for a for a family yes to sir just get reparations i read a story about 
uh, George Floyd family. Oh, absolutely. And their great great grandfather who had their land stripped and stolen. Yeah, from absolutely. Them, that they could even go back and do all that research yeah. and put it in an article means yeah. that it's proven. Oh, absolutely. So. Can, can individuals? Oh, absolutely. Get, get reparations, and has that yeah. has that been done anywhere? Complete reparation. You're absolutely right. And there was a black woman, and black women have been at the center of the reparations movement, brother, from day one. Uh, you have the first black woman to actually secure reparations. Her name is um, Henrietta. Um, I'm gonna call it in a minute, but she was she was enslaved and was freed. And the, the slave master goes into Ohio, snatches her back, and puts her back in enslavement. And so she sued them in federal court in Ohio and won the first case of reparations. Then you have, then historically, you have a black woman by the name of Callie House uh, out of Nashville, Tennessee area. We ain't talking about 200 years ago now. Um, Callie House had had the largest organization called the, the, the Ex-Slave Bounty Pension and Release Fund. Relief fund. She organized over three hundred thousand black people, brother, without without cell phones, without social media, without uh, technology in her day, and she petitioned for reparations. So black women have always been a part of it. Anybody tell you that Dr. King didn't support reparations? Hell, they don't know Dr. King's body of work. Um, Herschel Walker was on the on been on the news talking about the Bible. Well. Okay, if we're going to utilize the Bible, uh, uh, some of us believe in it, it, but let's look at how we, how we interpret that Bible, though. The, uh, the first, uh, in the first, uh, the book of Genesis, the first chap, I mean, the 15th chapter, the 12th, 13th, 14th, and 15th, and 16th verse says, Know of a surety, Abraham, your seed will be at a strange land that is not theirs. They will be afflicted for 400 years, but after that time, I will come, and they will come out of that situation with great wealth and substance. Now, if you're going to look at the book as a history book and you ain't going to look at it as a book of prophecy and liberation for black people, you dismiss that. Why didn't he quote from that verse? There's no other people fitting that description than black people here in America, brother. There's nobody has ever been enslaved for 400 years historically, nowhere around the world. Somebody said that that's Jews. Well, you don't know the history of, of the Jewish, the original Jews then yet. And see, this is what I have a problem with some of those who are arguing for reparations right now is because they're saying, well, uh, I'm going to get to your point real quick, brother, but black people individually, family wise, complete reparation that will give wealth to black families, uh, complete reparation. Anybody else talking, not talking complete reparation that will leave out black families, the average black family. And see, one of the things we can't allow them to co-opt the movement now, brother, because the momentum is there, people talking reparations, but who's controlling the narrative now? And who's controlling? This is one reason why we did the declaration. So black people are very clear. They don't give you some damn crumbs and peanuts and you think that's reparation. No, sir. Absolutely not. And, and, and his reparations for, uh, cause I was watching some of the clips too. And we didn't play this one, but yeah. I also saw a lady mentioning when she was giving her speech. Yeah. Uh, not only was she saying slavery, but she kept using colonialism. Yeah. Um, where, where, where is the stance on repar? Like, this is the question is the yeah. reparations, uh, question for the American Negro or is this supposed to be all around for slavery and colonialism and well when you hear a lot of times you hear them using the word colonialism they're talking about blacks who have been spread out throughout the diaspora yeah Africans on the blacks on the African continent, they suffer from colonialism. Now what we call neo-colonialism mm -hmm. that happened in central and South America that happened in the Isles of the Pacific and the Caribbeans and everything else. Our people suffer from colonial. No people ever suffered what we have suffered 
anywhere in the annals of history. Bring me any historian, any argument, and we can defeat them with truth. Nobody was robbed of their names, their language, their culture, their God, and their land. They were enslaved, and, and to a degree, they were colonized in certain areas, but they were not stripped and bought 9,000 miles away and said, uh, and, and then robbed of everything and then enslaved and built the superpower that we built here in America. That's all for free, free labor, so, brother. So that, so that could be almost uh, one of those trick words where like when they're pushing it and now they're getting slavery and colonialism, there is that like, okay, America will write a check to Angola before they write a check to. No, no, no. Well, okay. the reparations that we've, we've first off, let's, let's, uh, we separate it to this degree is that blacks who, who were here and who can trace their lineages back generations during the enslavement of our people coming up to um, um, Jim Crow segregation and all the ills that have affected black people. They're first and foremost um, are, are entitled to reparations and then to cross the board and see the other thing that we got to be careful not to do here is not to allow them to put all of these criterions on us that they didn't put on white America and the Jews and others who have, and the native people who, who got reparations. So if um, I'm going to look throughout the United States, the model and the methodology that we use throughout the United States, where if Pookie is in St. Louis, Missouri, if he's in St. Petersburg, Florida, or in uh, um, uh, down in um, Mississippi, Alabama, wherever black people are below the poverty level, brother, most of them deserve reparation. Just about everybody across the board, brother, because they, we can go back generation after generation. And so we're not going to allow them to say, well, you know, uh, well, can you prove this? Actually, you, you didn't say that to the Jewish people. And one of the criteria is real basic. What is the phenotypical look of, of black people and the genotypical? That's what they did for everybody else. They say you Jew, Jewish or you Native American or you Japanese. They didn't have the Japanese uh, come with a, a books this damn thick and say, prove that you Japanese and then you're going to get reparation. So we're not going to allow them to do the uh, shut uh, the masses of our people out like that. But the masses, the answer to your question again, the masses of our people individually, family wise, they will get compensation in complete reparations. But give an example, we got black farmers here who uh, we got over a thousand some black farmers. Well, they need irrigation system. They need a communication system. They need tractors and stuff. Some that's some of what reparations look like, bro. Uh, those who uh, say, well, you know, who become black middle class say, well, I don't want, I don't need no reparations. But hell, you ain't speaking for, speaking for peanut, Pookie and Pop and Peanut and Ray Ray and them. You're not speaking for them. You speaking from that vantage point as being part of an isolated petty petty bourgeois sector of the black community. And that's what we, we can't allow that to happen. We, we got to make sure that the masses of our people get reparations. And that was, that's going to look like with uh, improving healthcare and, and uh, mental health and healthcare in black America. We let people walk around our community. We as, 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 ask as if it's act as if it's normal for a person to be walking around for months out of their mind in the community. Those are mental health issues that we got. We got a homeless uh, situation here in Atlanta. Rep complete reparations will eradicate the homeless situation. It'll eradicate the, um, because everybody ain't going to colleges and universities. But what we, uh, if a brother or sister wants to go to, uh, school and learn a trade, free vocational training, they deserve that. That's part of the reparations package there. We could be talking again, complete reparations. Other people out here now, they're talking this political and economic patchwork that will benefit a few people, but it won't never, the, change. the transformation 
the transformation uh, and the restoration of black life, that's complete reparations. That's what we're talking about. What thing? Right, so, oh, real yeah. quick, my bad. Yeah, uh, yes, sir. So I got a question, brother. Yes, sir. Um, so just hypothetically speaking. <laughs> okay. Now I didn't have a question, and now I do. So, <laughs> so right. just hypothetically speaking, and not even not even that. When we do get these reparations, yes, sir. Within the next ten years, yes, sir. After that, then what? Right, and I guess the, the I'm on a boat. The prep, yeah, because because I'm uh, that was part of our conversation last yeah, time. Yeah. It's like, do we stay here and kick it with the oppressor that held us down for this many years, although they gave us what we deserve at this yeah. point, or do we go ahead and make our own with the reparations that we we got? Well, the complete reparations package says now you have the, the right to dual citizenship. Mm-hmm. So if you decide to leave, but at the end of the day, brother, whites are becoming the minority here. Only thing you got to do is move to a certain state. Why would we give up what we what, what they owe us? And then, too, white people are not indigenous to this land. Brother, if we know our history, read the People's History of the United States by Dr. Howard Zinn. Read uh, um, um, They Came Before Columbus by Ivan Van Sertima. Mm-hmm. And what you will find, brother, long before white people ever got here, darker people were here. Where? The native people were here. And so now that land question, they're going to give us some of this land. And if we push up on them in an organized way, Brother, we'll we'll get that, and it's not it's not. You saw the move two trillion dollars in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Somebody would say, "You niggas out of y'all mind." That ain't nothing but a conspiracy theory. <laughs> but hell, but what 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 you saw when their power base and their profit base started ill affected. The 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 boys on Wall Street said, "Look here now, uh, I need y'all to get some money into the economy now because we need people spending. We need consumer spending. We need people working." So. It was ill affecting their power base and their profit base, and again, that's how you gonna get reparations, brother. So, uh, yeah. and I know Sky that's, got that's a, a good, good point, though. Good question. Sorry, I had on the mic. Um, so, this is my other question, too. Yes, sir. Because you just made me trigger this. What about those brothers is out here saying, "Well, you know, we'll just take all our reparations in Bitcoin, cryptocurrency." Yeah. Well, how do you feel about that? Well, here's here's. I ain't with that shit. Let me just yeah. say that. Well, see, oh, I'm, and why well, I'm not totally with it either. Here's here's the problem with it. Here's here's the problem with it now. Um and you gotta you gotta be able to put it in this context. The Bitcoin, like so many things that are going digital, but here's the problem with that. It's just like my my student said, uh well, Professor Muhammad, I ain't buying no books. Now I'm I'm just gonna download it, all my books. I said, so now when you can't power up, that means you can't read. <clears throat> So, and you said, well, see, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. Ask the city of Atlanta when they got hacked. They couldn't even have court. You couldn't even go down there and pay your, your water bill because they done got hacked and the damn system is shut down. So you mean to tell me you can't read because all your books are on your iPad and your iPhone? See, you got to be the white ruling class now. They're still buying books. In our community, bookstores are, are drying up. But uh how did, how did, uh, um, uh, Bezo and others, I mean, uh, at Amazon and all this, he started with selling books. Yep. And people, all people who are, who are creating wealth, brother, and who control populations, wealth and resources around the world, they're still reading. You can't go to, uh, um, um, what's the name of the bookstore? Um, Barnes and Noble. Man, they got a hundred thousand titles on the floor, brother. And you say, how you know that? Cause I used to manage for them 20 years ago. They they keep a minimum of a hundred thousand books on 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 the floor. So yeah, let's use these 
convenience, but don't buy, put all your money in Bitcoin. So when the cracker shut the system down and then at the end of the day, you can't even, they say, well, now it lost its value and we can't, we can't, we don't have any currency. We can't move anything. So part of the reparations package, brother, we talk about is that the United States has a certain amount of gold and silver. We help produce some of that. And our African brothers and sisters produce some of that. So some of that is ours, brother, because on in the world monetary systems, all nations still trade with gold, brother. So I uh before you go, Scott, uh yeah. I had a brother literally this morning. He was like, uh he was on the podcast, brother Evan. And he was like, Bitcoin is our reparation. I like nah <laughs> man. I like nah, bro. I like it's a, it's a financial vehicle and it's yeah. some people winning on yeah, it. Yeah. But I'm good. Yeah. I take my reparation for real. You know what I'm saying? And like, I don't, I don't want people getting, I don't want mine to be coin. Man, you we, know. we gotta have some of that land, bro, because yeah. it's gonna always yeah. appreciate. It's, All right. Go it's ahead. Appreciate. What you got? I just yes, want to piggyback on y'all, um, points about Bitcoin. Um, I agree. I would not invest all my funds in the Bitcoin. Yeah. However, it is the wave of the future. Okay. And there's other cryptocurrencies that are out there if you do your research. Absolutely. Um, Wapcoin is the black cryptocurrency. Okay. It is a cryptocurrency that will be um, accessible for the black community. Okay. It will be transferable for black businesses. And so. Um, we know about Wapcoin. Yeah. Okay. Good point. Good point. So even if it's not Bitcoin, cryptocurrency itself is, you know, is something that people still should tap into because, you know, like I said, it's the wave of the future. Everything is, you know, technology based. Absolutely. So you know, um, he made a good point about silver and gold because eventually. Not in the next five or ten years, but eventually they are going to do away with paper dollars. Absolutely. The only way to make um, transactions would be through. You know, and, um, something that's electronic. And, that, and hold on. Good point. There's also, um, I'm sorry. I'm no. so sorry because I want to just get it out. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. I'm so, oh, drop, oh, drop the logo oh, at the bottom. Let me explain myself how this works. Now, nah, go ahead. Go. Now, I was just going to say also, there's, you know, um, how we're, how we make online payments. Yeah. Um, websites, companies eventually have to implement, um, a crypto domain. So, what we have, something something.com eventually there will be something something.crypto okay and so good point just yeah just stay on top of all but that. see complete reparations though sister that we addressed that when black people control that mechanism and you you're you're the mainframe right see then but otherwise you you'll be back in that same when the white ruling class is say you know what i got to shut this down because now they're becoming wealthy and we not we don't have full control where when you start owning the the infrastructure, Should we see, then we this is what complete rep- reparations is. And so I'm saying, invest in in, in the uh, in the cryptocurrency. I'm not saying that. I'm not being silly because we all utilize these tools here. But what I'm saying though that there's a white ruling class internationally, nationally, and locally. And if you don't control the this the structure of it, yeah. the mainframes, uh, the systems that 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 allow us to operate. And there's always a segment of ruling class that can shut that down. Black people will always be in a subservient position. And that's why reparations is key because it will address that too. Because one of the things I talk about in complete reparation, now we got 10 online banks that we own and operate. Then we got, uh, we manufacturing brother. One of the things we deal with in there, the minister said we needed eight to 10 states. 
Well, we identified 12 states, but they have outlets to the sea. We got to be doing importing and exporting. How these Negroes got all these degrees and everything in engineering and we don't have our own car uh, factory. How is it that we, we, we don't even uh, manufacture shoelaces and Negro got a degree in engineering and uh, you ain't, we still ain't done shoelaces for black people. Um, what about the clothing? That's why the land question becomes then food, clothing and shelter. Then we, we independent and then we won't be back in that position 25 years from now talking about, well, well, this is why we black people in this position now and we got to do reparations again. No, 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 no. <laughs> can you hear, yeah. can you hear the reparation again? Yeah, yeah, we want yeah, reparations yeah. again now moving. <laughs> yeah. So that's why a complete reparation is, is, is in order, in order for the day. Well, that's why we okay. can't also, we can't, we can't sell short. Yeah. And we've seen that. Yep. You know, we talk about the Montgomery bus boycott. Yeah. That was not the first bus boycott. Yep. The first one happened in Baton Rouge. That's right. Good teacher. And in Baton Rouge, Ruage. Yeah. <laughs> in Baton Rouge, what happened was they compromised. They said, we can sit anywhere except the first two rows. Mm -hmm. That was the compromise. You, sh The first two rows is not full dignity. This is not about money. This is about dignity. Yeah. This is about us getting our dignity back. So giving us money is not full dignity. That's right. You got to give me my land. Yeah. You got to give me my education. You got to give me my health. Yeah. You got to give me everything that you took away from my grandfather, my grandfather, yeah. grandfather, everyone in my family. You got to repair that. Yeah. And if you repair that, it's up to me to build in what this can be in the future. Oh, absolutely. And then, right. then it's on us. Yeah. If yeah. you want to say it's over, you know what? Do that. Put us in a position to create our own system. Exactly. Exactly. Then we can say this is our fault. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good but point, until brother. then, good point. It's y'all motherfucking fault. Right. And we want our money. We want yeah. our reparations. So, uh, yeah. first of all, let me just say this, brother Resin. Yes, sir. Thank you. No, thank you all, brother. Now, thank you for putting this together. Uh, I'm one. I want to buy one for my whole team, where they can look at it. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm gonna I'm make that purchase today. Yes, sir. Um, to I want to make this available. All of my listeners, please make sure you buy this. This is a 45-page nugget of everything you need to know. If you're questioning what reparation is and if we owe it, this book breaks it down. You're just hearing a piece of it in this conversation, but I've been going through it this whole time. So I just thank you for giving us some. What this does, this validates why we should be mad. This validates why we should fight. Yes, sir. This validate why we should never give up asking for what we're owed. Yes, sir. And if you didn't put this down, this information could be lost. So um, we thank oh, you for crazy. doing that. Um, any last words you want to say to the people? Well, I want to first off, thank you, brother, for the constant work and the body of work that you've already done, brother. And you and I have known each other for probably about seven or eight years now. Seven years, yeah. And, um, and Damn. brother... We again appreciate the body of work. Yeah, and now, honestly, brother, because think about it like this: um, they part of the damage that has been done. There is a divide with generations. What one of the things that I've honestly seen you do, brother, and so you know that I'm not stroking you because I'm in front of the camera. I said this to you uh, about oh. others and part of uh, the people that work with us, uh, brother, and to DB and and Maoli is that, brother, one of the things that the damage has been so done. We dis disrespect the fact that each generation needs each generation. And where self where you, wherever you find self-respecting people, people who are self-determined, who are self-defending, self-defining, 
there's an intergenerational and you and I know that there's a generational gap. But if y'all don't say come to Southwest Atlanta, Muhammad, and you can come to the platform and talk, I don't have that especially with, with, with the, with the, your generation. Mm -hmm. And so you've been able to do that and your body of work speaks to that. And that's how we, we start to repair the damage. That's how, when I get a chance to sit with you all, I'm, I'm learning. Uh, and the only thing I'm claiming at the end of the day, I'm a student working hard to become a better student at the end of the day. Cause I'm constantly learning from you all. I, I got three daughters, teenagers, mm. one grown, and uh, I'm riding down to Fort Valley State last week, and yeah, 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 yeah. you got a proud alum right yeah, there. And, 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 yeah, and, and my seventeen year old like, nah, Dad, we got to do this, we got to do that, and uh, or they she snatches the phone from me, and say, Dad, no, you taking too long. Let me help you with this, you know. <laughs> but what I said that to say again, this inter intergenerational piece. And that's when we know that we, we start to respect each other for what you all bring to the table and what we, we, we've attempted to give already. Then that's how we know the damage being, is being repaired. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, and at the end of the day, thank you all so much. And thank your entire audience. Uh, I'm so grateful and appreciative brother uh, for this time uh, with you all and, uh, and your support brother, not only to me, but I've seen you in, in different venues working. Um, and then you remember Dr. King said, all of us could be great because all of us could serve. And I see you and your entire team of serving the community, not just here in front of the camera. I see you in the highways and the byways doing what you can to help our people. And we're grateful for that. And I want to say to the, the people about reparations again, this is not a pipe dream. Other people have secured reparations around the world. When you want to see uh, finally the black family back intact, strong black male, female relationships, you want to see our children whole. You want to see uh, us functioning as a proud um, historic people who gave the world civilization and gave the world resources that they have today. Uh, that's complete reparations. And don't let anybody sell you short of any of that. And I'll close with this. For the remainder of the 21st century, globally and locally, we must produce thousands of great thinkers who are great builders and thousands of great builders who are also great thinkers. Then and only then are we prepared to take our original position on top and at the center of the world stage as a proud, productive, proficient, and the most powerful people. Thank you all. Give me some days, too. Uh, you said one thing that's true. Do you want to see strong Man, woman relationship, give us reparation. Cause all my relationship problems can be tied to money. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dang, dang, dang. And this is sad. Reparations now. Oh yeah. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, yeah, yeah. but reparations now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now I, I, I'm going to say this though, guy, for real, for real. Um, I got a father, right? And I just want to leave my listeners with this. My father comes to your house, steals your car, takes the car, ride around in it, look real good. Yeah. Comes, my father comes to me. He dies, but he leaves the car in my, in my, his will to me. Good teacher. You see me riding. Looking good. I die. And I leave it to my son. At what point do you feel like you deserve to have your car back? I say this every week. I love y'all. I need y'all. But most importantly, I can't wait to see y'all. Let's get our car back and ride to the destination at the brow black queens and queens we are. 